0: Good morning. Happy Monday morning to everybody. Today we have in the studio Alan Derrick from the Brain Trust. How are you, Alan?
1: I'm doing good, David. Thank you.
0: Very good. Thank you. So, um, well, we'll jump right into it like we do every week. Uh, We want to make sure that we give something to business owners so that they can go back and check in their business. And so that'll be the focus of the show this morning. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and where you're from and and, uh, uh, what's your background?
1: Uh, well, I uh, I was raised in uh, Huntsville. My parents moved here during the early days of the space race and uh, got in the furniture business. And eventually, as I came to age, I worked with them in that business, my father, and uh, got a degree out at UAH in business management. Eventually, uh, he retired, and uh, I ended up out in the job market and decided that I wanted to go into the construction business. And uh and I was I did that for twenty years and eventually sold that and retired out and uh now I do some volunteer work here locally.
0: Great. So um do you do volunteer work with Rocket Hatch, is that right?
1: That's correct.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about Rocket Hatch?
1: Uh well Rocket Hatch is a uh they're fo- it's a they've been around a couple of years and they're focused on uh, helping to uh foster the local entrepreneurial ecosystem. Uh especially uh, with uh, startups and tech startups you know tra- here locally in uh, Huntsville North Alabama we have a huge database of uh, of people talent right but they're high they're they're really heavily plugged into the uh, government contract industry and uh, we would look, we I'm I'm on board with uh, rocket Hatch we would really like to see the uh, commercial side of that. Uh, Go a lot further.
0: Can you think of any of the, the of the good success stories that have come out of Rocket Hats? You know, people that went in in a startup phase and and who have uh, come
1: out of there successfully and and are flourishing. Well, I'm not really the right person to ask. I'm not <laughs> focused on that end of it, and I really right. just joined, got involved at the first of the year. That uh, Antonio Montoya would be a good person to talk to about that. He's the director.
0: Okay. Um, but you 're doing brain trust, which is kind of uh, works within rocket hatch that 's correct, hatch. and so tell us about brain trust
1: so brain trust is something that uh, is kind of my my brain child. Uh, I got uh, involved and started that a little over six months ago is it 's under the uh, rocket hatch umbrella and uh, what brain trust is is it 's modeled after something I was involved in when I was in business years before and uh, it, what it boils down to is a roundtable environment where uh, entrepreneurs all come together at different phases in their business and meet periodically and present uh, issues or challenges. And uh, the idea is that then they can come away with uh, strategies from those meetings.
0: Okay. Um, and I'm familiar with that. I kind of do that with my own uh, coaching clients and in, in uh, more mature businesses. So I know that those can be really successful. Um so uh, what kind of uh, uh, successes have you seen out of that and and uh, how are people using that to to uh, help them with their businesses?
1: Well, it's real common that uh, we'll have people come in and ask questions like uh, uh, I guess I'll give examples like they really uh, know that it's important that they engage their customer through social media, but perhaps that uh, particular Uh, proprietor, founder uh, doesn't do that very well, and so then they may come kind of to us lost saying, uh, "How I I really don't feel uh, that desire or drive to do that. How can I tackle that? I don't really understand this thing. Another one really common issue that we see is uh, people uh, tend to want to try to hoard the bookkeeping role themselves and to save money, and so then the books stay messed up, and they don't get solid reports, and so they'll come to us struggling with that. How can I overcome that issue? And uh, I guess the list really goes on. If you want me to sort of like say, well, what's you know kind of a, a glowing success? A lot of these people come back, and you, you can hear them say, hey, I took, yeah, I took care of that. that. That problem is no longer an issue for me. Uh, now I've got this new one right i've got an employee or they they may describe a problem with a key employee and not even realize that that's the problem they're describing all that. and so then the group can come back and say hey you know really it sounds like the real problem is this person you've got working under him so then they move to the next level and come back the next month as far as something that we can uh, talk about uh, that's like a big deal right now is that uh Alabama launchpad is this uh program administered out of Birmingham that uh uh, grants roughly two hundred and fifty thousand dollars three times a year to applicants, and they do it in cohorts and we 're halfway through one cohort right now and uh, through our programs uh, uh, so they 've drawn on some of the brain trust uh, brainage <laughs> and uh, they being uh, rocket Hatch and have helped uh, some of these companies that are going through that program. And uh, so they had uh, ten. We had a, a we encouraged and had a lot of people from North Alabama apply to uh, get into uh, uh, Alabama Launchpad. And uh, uh, you want to continue after the music? Okay, so I'll finish that story. It's pretty neat.
0: Okay, uh, we're talking with Alan Derrick from the Brain Trust and Rocket Hatch, and we'll be back in a minute. And we're back with uh, uh, Alan Derrick from the Brain Trust on the Action Hour, and I'm Dave Lakin. Um, You want to continue on that story?
1: Uh, Okay. So I was just – you had asked about some successes. So we're (laughs) uh, currently uh, helping uh, mentor some uh, applicants to the Alabama Launchpad program. Uh, They're – working through whoever comes out on top on this thing, it's gonna end uh the, this particular cohort ends the early December. Uh they're gonna get have roughly a quarter a quarter million dollars to divide up and this is grant money. There's they don't have to trade equity in the business. And so we had uh five of ten make it into the first round and then we uh worked with them some more to uh, get through a pitch competition and that was a couple of weeks ago and we had three of five make it through that and so we're working with those three and of course we hope that uh, we'll get 100% of whoever makes it to the final. Is this a state program? Yes it is.
0: And how many people across the state or
1: businesses across the state are competing in this? Uh, Well the original, I'm not sure, somewhere in the teens 18 or something uh, uh, applied in this cohort Ten were accepted, right, when, and uh, two of them I was very much involved in through the Brain Trust, you know, like mentoring these people. Mm-hmm. And two of them were involved with Rocket Hatch in general. And then, uh, 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 and then uh, of those, then there were uh, five that made it in. Th- four of them are North Alabama, but one's over in Florence, mm-hmm. and one's somewhere else in Alabama. So we're really proud of that. This is, a, this is all very commercial. And as opposed to government. And uh and so we're working with the same group right now, helping them flush out their business plan, take it to the next level. These coaches give, or excuse me, these judges give them feedback about weaknesses that they see in their business model. I before I got involved in it, I always saw it as, well, maybe this is a distraction for somebody starting a business trying to chase after this money as opposed to concentrating. But then once I got involved, I realized that uh, there's a lot more to it. That this gets the applicants to really do a great job of flushing out their uh, business model and their uh, executive team, and uh, thinking about their financial projections. And uh, ultimately, uh, that's really the goal of this project.
0: Yeah, I know that um, you know you said that you'd done some volunteer work, uh, volunteer coaching at the Women's Business Center, and I had well, I,
1: I I signed up. Early on, when I got involved in this,
0: um, and and what I found through that experience and through my uh, the coaching that I do now is that businesses often operate without a business plan. Right. Uh, so it sounds like the competitions that you're uh, involved in, the cohorts, uh, that that's you know that's one of the prerequisites, uh, or at least to to finish successfully, uh, they will have accomplished a, a very detailed. Business plan as to, you know, what is their um, what is their product? Being able to explain it well in in uh, in technical terms and in simple terms, um, and then uh, you know who is the target market for that, and uh, you know what are their their startup costs going to be and their long term costs, and um, you know in in creating that in in being able to compete well uh, for the grant money, they're going to have to come uh, come up with all the the um, components of a great business plan.
1: Well, the, they encourage them to do really essentially what uh, is makes is really good sense, and that is the first step is uh, to develop a business model. And a lot of people uh, make the mistake of thinking of that as something that you sit down in your office or dining room table and and do uh, yourself. And really, a proper business model, which touches touches on a lot of these issues that you just brought up, is really about going out, take develop taking an idea, what you might consider a great idea, and instead of thinking that of that is a great idea, is instead think of it as a hypothesis, and go out and find potential customers and bounce that off of them, you get the feedback, and then develop the business model around that, and then the next step is then you write the business plan based on what you learned. And you don't fall in love with either. And then the next thing you do is that you have got to assemble uh, resources, which involves team members, possibly raising capital, going out here and finding uh, if you need uh, office space or uh, something developed, you, you've, you're going to have to pitch your concept to a bunch of different players to get them on your team. So then the next step to it is, is developing a really solid pitch and uh, and that's just excellent, good business sense in terms of developing a business in the first place. And so this uh, Alabama Launchpad, that's the steps they take them through is develop a business model and submit that. And they get feedback. Then develop a business plan, submit that, get feedback. Develop a pitch, go pitch the judges, get feedback on that. And then they give them an opportunity with input to rewrite all that stuff and tune it up. And then this next uh, uh, competition... Uh, in uh, early december is is when they get the the, the win or lose hm
0: yeah um I participated in one of those at the uh, at Lincoln Mills. I think it was probably six months or so ago. Those are really, really interesting events to go to and and uh you know some people are more polished than others at coming off with those with the pitch um but you know just about without exception, everybody in the room had a great idea that they were trying to get to the to the market. So uh, it's really encouraging to see those kinds of events going on. And uh, and I'm glad that, you know, here with such a technological base like we have here in Huntsville, uh, to see us um, participating in that in the entrepreneurs community. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. We're talking with Alan Derrick from the Brain Trust. Um, so, Alan, you are truly an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, you, some folks uh, have started one business and have been very successful with it, and and uh, and although uh, that you know, the, arguably, you know, they're entrepreneurs. But um, when I think of an entrepreneur, it's someone who has done many businesses, uh, or at least a few. And uh, and you know, as you know. Being a business owner isn't always about wild success. Um, so if we can go back to the beginning, uh, you said that you went to school for business administration. Is that right? That's right. And why that? Your dad was a was a, a furniture, you know, sold furniture. So why'd you choose
1: business administration? Well, actually, I asked him. I was thinking, you know, I'm senior in high school, and he said, "Well, if you get a degree in uh, something to do with management, no matter what you end up doing for a living, you'll always manage." If you're successful, you're getting. So I said, okay, well, I'll get a degree in that.
0: Sounds good to me. And <laughs> uh, what were your interests in high school? Would you, you know, did you did you play sports or, you know, what were you interested in? How'd you spend your free time?
1: Uh, actually, I uh, liked uh, making things in the garage. I liked fabricating metal, uh, like uh, modifying motorcycles and cars and that kind of thing.
0: Okay, and so that's kind of come full circle with what you do now. Is a it's kind of a hobby, spare time thing with your artwork.
1: Uh, that's right. Yeah, I make this uh, metal sculpture and so, hawk it on the Internet.
0: Awesome. So not to, to jump entirely all the way forward, um, you came out of school and you started working with your, your dad in the furniture business, right? That's correct.
1: Um, didn't love that? Well, we weren't, uh, as you can imagine, uh, we we didn't always see eye to eye. And at one point there, I stomped out the door and went and started a business.
0: All right, probably the first one has ever done that. <laughs> so what was the business
1: you went out and started? Uh, it was a publishing business in uh, arts and crafts. Uh, basically, these uh, books and products that you could buy uh, at the craft store of the day. Um, how long did that last? Uh, I think I was uh, struggled along there for about three years before it collapsed. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, and so now, looking back with all that you know over the years about business, um
1: why did that fail? I did everything wrong. Come on now. <laughs> did you do any marketing? Uh, yeah, I did marketing, but uh, the real—I think—the real problem was is that it, it did not leverage a core competency. There was way more people in the industry that I was competing with that had a greater core competency in the industry than I had. Right. Uh, so the too much competition. They were just better at it. They were. Yeah. If you think of uh, uh, of. Of a, arts and crafts and publishing, mm-hmm. a, a successful publisher has to have certain innate talents, and uh, and that just wasn't there for me. I, I mean, I'm an artistic person, but uh, the, if you're going to really succeed in the in that area, you need to be cream of the crop. Right. Yeah. Um, so where'd you go from there? Uh, well, I went back to work. For, I went crawling back to my father and went back to work for him.
0: Unslammed the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then eventually you so eventually you went from there uh, did your dad retire from there or?
1: yeah then eventually he reached uh, he he reached a point where he didn't uh, want to be in business he was in the retail furniture business and he didn't want to uh, do that anymore so he uh, sold the he, he ran a going out of business sale and closed his uh, had a couple of stores he closed those out and then started leasing the space out after how many years uh, well, he had been, spent a lifetime up until that point. Uh, this was in uh, 87, I believe, that uh, he closed up and took his money and started playing a lot of golf. Yeah, took his ball and went home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what'd you do from there? Uh, well, I, I actually, at that point, I realized I really did not enjoy working retail. I didn't like the hours, wanted to get into something else. And uh, without going back and retelling the story, back in the day, I'd done quite a bit of construction. Uh, like on the side back before uh, I finished school, and I said okay well it's I'm, I think I like working outdoor stuff. I think I'll get in the spec house business, speculative home building, and uh, figured I would enter that and uh, and i that led to a whole other story mm-hmm. so what's that story? okay, so uh, I was hanging wallpaper and picking up a little odd jobs and did temp work in the construction industry. Getting to, to the idea was to understand it, to study and understand it. Like I said, I went into it with the what we now call a hypothesis. I'm going to go in the speculative home building business. And as I got with sweeping floors and that kind of thing, uh, I uh, found out that there was more profit margin to be earned in uh, rehabilitation and renovation and, and uh, uh, in residential home building. As opposed to new construction, so as one thing led to another, I eventually uh set, made an offer to a home builder that I had gotten to know and done some work for that I would sell remodeling uh projects and uh, then he could build them and so we started out working that way, and that actually got traction. I started making a little money doing that uh, and over time, I eventually sat for and and uh, uh, passed my board exam exam become a general contractor. And uh, and then eventually he and I uh, parted ways, and uh, and I uh, basically just ended up a residential remodeler. So you kind of apprenticed under somebody else, sort that? of like that. You know, it's yeah. like I understood things that came from my education and experience in retail. I had a pretty strong background in now marketing and sales. Uh, And a weaker background in construction, but by working with somebody in the construction industry willing to work for cheap, uh, then I was able to acquire that understanding kind of on the job. And so when I uh, eventually took it under my own belt, then I had the the technical know-how to go with the sales and marketing background and business in general.
0: Right. And you know, keeping in mind that you did all this with a business administration degree, so right. So I had the you know. basics
1: like accounting and that
0: kind of thing. Right. Uh, so looking back at that experience, because that that sounds like it was probably your first truly successful experience in business. Uh, looking back at that, what would you have done differently, knowing what you know now?
1: Well, then, uh, well, at the then the first pivot. Well, actually, I guess thinking that I was going into the. Cons- into the speculative home building business and ended up in remodeling was a pivot, mm-hmm. but the second uh, time was uh, that uh, I found I had a that 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 artistic talent or design talent and I'd had some drafting and and self study had taken some classes from the so our builder association and I uh, phased in remodeling so we've i mean excuse me uh, design so I ended up getting a a following of customers based on design and and uh, construction as a package like that mm-hmm. But then in behind that, I tried to grow the company too fast. Classic mistake. In other words, we became popular and I was able to land jobs. And then I tried to hire my way into fulfilling those jobs. And we began to stumble and make a lot of mistakes uh, where you would see volume growth, but then profit erosion. right? Mm -hmm. And so that was the first one and uh, then the second stumble was in the early 90s Uh, there was a big downturn in the housing industry and what that did was that drove competitors into our market so we really kind of struggled through that period but we stayed profitable through there whereas others were kind of like going out of business because they were directly involved and that was the savings and loan debacle some of you Mm -hmm. may remember that Mm -hmm. and so that was a powerful lesson learned that served me very well years later in a very big way
0: um, in In action coach, we talk about you know uh, act based on your dreams you know have have a dream a vision for down the road where it is that you're trying to get to what the ideal place looks like in your business when you're done, whatever done is um and then create goal statements out of that dream you know in order to in order to reach that vision, these are going to be my goals along the way. Um, and then go out and educate yourself. And so in the apprenticeship efforts that you, that you did, that would, that's probably what we would call the, the learning, the educating, uh, self-educating portion. And there's lots of ways to self-educate. You can go to school or you can go and, you know, some people work better or learn better through doing than, than sitting in front of a book or a lecturer. Um, so, uh, and, and often tradespeople are like that. They, they'd much rather learn by doing, um, and then From that create plans and then act on those plans so uh, you know have the dream create the goals do the learning create the plan then take action on the plan Um, so it sounds like you were you were stepping through all that maybe Maybe not so
1: intentionally or maybe maybe intentionally. Well, if you can move yourself uh, back in that time period, at the time, HGTV didn't exist. Mm-hmm. There was no Lowe's as we see it today. Home Depot was one little tiny chain started out of Atlanta. And the people in, that in, in the business I was in were thought of as like if you were not capable of building houses, then you did remodeling. What I saw was an aging baby boom generation that was going to want to age in place in their homes. That was the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Was that these people were not going to leave their houses, and their houses were wearing out, becoming inadequate. Hmm. So it was definitely on what I was staring at at the time.
0: We we are going to actually run out of time before we get through to the uh, um, the mentoring uh, organizations you've been through, but we'll be back in a minute. welcome back with alan Derek, and i just want to wrap up that last segment really quick uh by saying this the first business that you went into um it seemed like you didn't take the time to do the the goals and the uh you know have the vision set the goals do the learning do the the planning and then take action you just kind of jumped in and accomplished it would that be fair to say yes and then went from from there to a very uh more structured, maybe intentionally, maybe not, um, the the construction remodeling business where you apprenticed for a long time, spent a long time in the learnings, and then went into the the remodeling, and it was much more successful for you because you went more slowly, uh, but all with the foundation of a business administration Mm -hmm. degree behind you.
1: What's really funny is today we study the lean startup methods, Mm -hmm. and if you uh, go back and look at what I did groping around in the dark at that time, that's exactly what I did. With the construction remodeling? Yeah, it's like I was yeah. basically uh, like testing ideas. A much more mature there,
0: approach to business. Right, and it
1: was like the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. That's the direction. That's the way I'm piloting the ship, but I've got to tack to get there. And then from there, you went into what? With the, the mentorship? Oh, what happened was is, you know, after uh, I grew too fast, we uh, retrenched And uh, became profitable again, but then I was being worked way too hard. And in the mid-'90s, I got myself uh, involved in a a national peer support mentoring group that was specific to our industry. And in that, what I got from it was uh, validation about things I was doing right and guidance on things that I was doing wrong uh, from peers – and uh, was able to incrementally engage in continuous improvement. We would meet every six months. Somewhere in the country would fly in. This was a, a for-pay operation. It wasn't cheap. And uh, over a number of years, we, I just took it up a level, took it up a level, took it up a level. It was also included uh, quality of life, included piloting, You know, steering the company in, in the direction that the customer wanted us to. And uh, the time came eventually – uh, where I was working part time and making a good living, my wife specifically my wife and I were sitting down you know at the end of the year with our accountant, and uh, he said, "You know you've really made it here you know it was uh, it was uh, just a uh, turning moment, and I said, "You know I really don't want to continue doing this the rest of my life. This was a conversation she and I had over dinner. I said, "I want to exit this business, so we spent the next three years getting the thing ready for sale. And I eventually successfully exited and sold the business. And uh, actually, the guy that bought it, I got him to get back involved in that same group. That's great. We'll be back
0: in a minute, and we will wrap it all up. All right, Alan. So let's take um, your experience with the, the National Peer Support Program and uh, what did you learn from that and how does it translate into what you're doing today?
1: Well, the major takeaway uh, from that is that I found that it introduced a, a great deal of accountability. And when I talk to other business owners, that's at it, its heart, that's the biggest problem. A lot of us know what we should do and uh, that we should do it, and then we just don't do it. And so that was the big one. After I exited that business, I, I engaged in this hobby business I do, making this art. But I never really felt like uh, I was giving back or doing something. And so a year ago, I went out here and I got involved in in the community specific to business. And that's when I found Antonio Montoya with uh, Rocket Hatch. And uh, he needed a program uh, within that organization, this all nonprofit. Uh, And I really had a love for trying to reproduce here in Huntsville something similar to what I went through. And that's when uh, – uh, Brain Trust was created. And Brain Trust is really a very similar program but much more on a loose level, uh, local, that uh, brings uh, business owners together that are diverse. And we sit around roundtable style and do the same thing that I did in this national organization that helped me. So it's kind of modeled after that. Uh, and some of the – I guess a couple of the really powerful things that my participants – uh tell me that they get from it one is the accountability having people come back and and uh their peers and see how they did with what they committed they would do with their business and another one is uh that's very powerful is just sitting and listening to somebody else talk about their challenge and then listen to the group give them feedback so if you if you sit in in one of these round table uh, Discussions—it's like you can introduce an issue and then end up with a strategy with feedback, but also you get to sit there and listen to a bunch of other people bring issues to the table that oftentimes the same issue you've got, and then hear all that feedback. So there's a real double whammy there. Anyhow, that's what the brain trust is all about.
0: There's so much power in that, and you know I've I've sat through so many of those uh, in one form or another, and there's a lot of power in 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 that uh, understanding that. I'm not alone that, you know, I had that problem and lots of other people, because you can tell people, well, everybody goes through that. Everybody's been through that at one point or another, but they don't, they don't feel it until they hear how somebody else is expressing their struggle in it. And they're like, "Yep, yeah, I can totally identify with that because I was there too. Uh, or uh, once you develop that trust in the room, understanding that I'm, you know, I'm apt, apt to hit that wall myself. And so I can take the steps that he's taking now, After having been through it to make sure that I don't hit that wall so I love those kinds of groups and and you're right they are very powerful Um, and the accountability is is really key Uh, we were saying during the break that um, you know I did some had some telemarketing done for me and uh, overwhelmingly the the answer they got was I'm fine I don't need any help we've been doing this for 20-30 years and and we're just fine and that may be true but uh, that they've been doing it for 20-30 years but where where do you want to be what were your dreams for the business and uh, and have you established goals and do you have a plan have you done the necessary learning to reach those goals and and uh, by participating in those mastermind type groups it uh it might not get them someplace where they never would have gotten on their own but it certainly accelerates their their improvement uh by being able to identify with other people's uh struggles or head off their own struggles by by being there and, and kind of um, experiencing the other person's struggles but from the periphery. So I really applaud what what, what you're doing. Um, where do you want to take it?
1: Uh, well, I'd like to have uh, more participants. We have about 25 to 40 people at each meeting.
0: Okay, so how do people get in touch with the Brain Trust? How do they find We them?
1: meet every uh, third Tuesday uh, downtown in the evening. At the uh, AL.com building? At AL.com. And you can learn more by going to braintrust.rockethatch.org. That's Braintrust, run together, rockethatch, run together.org. Or if you want to just go on and join and RSVP to the next meeting, just go to meetup.com slash braintrust.
0: All right. We will see you all on the radio next week with Rob Adams from MindGear. And uh, you guys have a great week and get out and hit your business.